a reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, ask now of the days of old before your time, ever since God created man upon the earth, ask from one end of the sky to the other, did anything so great ever happen before? Was it ever heard of? Did a people ever hear the voice of God speaking from the midst of fire as you did and live? Or did any God venture to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by testings, by signs and wonders, by war, with strong hand and outstretched arm and by great terrors, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. This is why you must now know and fix in your heart that the Lord is God in the heavens above and on earth below, and that there is no other. You must keep his statutes and commandments that I enjoin on you today, that you and your children after you may prosper, and that you may have long life on the land which the Lord your God is giving you forever. The word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and of children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if only we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. The word of the Lord.
The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven on, on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. In the last year of seminary, a seminarian is required to take comps. Comps are, they are a oral examination to see if you can articulate what you've learned in the last four to six years. So you're literally summoned to appear before two professors and they can ask you any question they wanted to. And I remember the day they summoned me and I remember sitting before two professors and this is the question they asked me. The local mosque has invited you to give a talk on the Trinity. How would you explain the Trinity? Okay? So I told myself, I got this. I know how to approach this. So I brought in all the Aristotelian words. That is words used by the philosopher Aristotle. I brought in words like essence and relations and substance to explain the Trinity. And after I went through all that, I sat back and I said, you know what, I hit a home run. I can't wait to receive all the accolades, not only from these two professors, but from the whole staff. Well, the very opposite happened. There was silence and then a blank stare. Then one of the professors spoke up and said, do you really think anyone cares about Aristotelian language? Your presentation would not convince anyone that God is the Trinity. What you should have said was this, if God is love, he must be more than one person. And the professor was right. We're not talking about the fact that God loves us. We're talking about something a lot deeper than that. God is love. And wherever there is love, there must be more than one person. That's because love is always willing the good of the other person. Therefore, God must be more than one person. In fact, he's three persons in one God. That is the Trinity. God's nature consists of a lover, a beloved, and love. And that's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God's very being is structured according to love. He's not so much a thing like the force in Star Wars. God is a person who is in a supreme relationship forever. To get down to it, the really real, which is God himself, is being for and with someone else. 
So what does this have to do with you and I? It has everything to do with you and me. Aren't we told over and over again that we are made in the image and likeness of God, right? That means that we become fully alive to the degree that we imitate God. And to be like God is to be in a relationship with other people. And that's hard to do, right? It's very hard because we're all scarred by the effects of Adam and Eve's fall. That's called original sin. The essence of original sin is closing off our relationship with other people. It's the aggrandizing of the ego. It's worshiping ourselves. It's called idolatry. Go back to Adam and Eve. What did the serpent say to Adam and Eve? You will be like God if you refuse to obey him. Here's the irony behind that. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they became unlike God. What did they do? They clung to themselves. They closed in upon themselves, and that is sin. And you can see the evidence of a sin all around us. Murders, vicious attacks on social media, the falling apart of relationships, the breakdown of the family. These are the effects of original sin. To put it succinctly, it's the ego over relationships. It's living for oneself. That's the core of sin. But here's the good news, everyone. God tracks us down in our individualism. You know why? He transforms our self-love into sacrificial love. That's what Trinitarian love is. It's always concerned with the other person. So Trinity Sunday, it's not about abstract terms like substance and essence and relations. No, it's about what's real at the deepest level. And you know what's real at the deepest level? God is a supreme relationship. And he runs after us to bring us into that relationship. You know why? So he can transfigure us and he can transform us. And we become someone who can live in a relationship with other people. And when you live in relationship with others, guess what happens, everyone? You become fully alive. You become God-like.